What do you call a fish with no eyes? What? Fish. Mm. Welcome back to another Faceful Wrestling video episode of Stardom. I'm Waldo, and I'm joined as ever by Matt. I'm the Matt. And Dr. Brian. You had a lot to say today. As we continue our dive into Stardom and a little bit of butt analysis. Don't forget, you can check out our episodes of NWA Power on YouTube and our podcast channels over on iTunes and SoundCloud. We also have audio versions of our Stardom episodes on there as well, if you're like me and Matt and nearly working all the time. We've been encouraging our audience to like and subscribe and leave us a little bit of feedback. And now I give you a little bit of feedback. Matt, remember back on episode three where Starlight Kid had on a weird looking submission hold? Yeah, it was like the upside down headlock thing, right? Yeah, and we actually had somebody point out Crash Boy on our YouTube page in the comments section on that episode pointed out that that submission hold is actually the Mutalock. Loads of appreciation to him for pointing that out, as we are always trying to learn more about wrestling. Yeah, hats off to you, Crash Boy. Uh, he also says this was referred to as the Emma Lock, but Matt would know more about that than I would. There was a wrestler named Emma who did a move. It was amazing analysis right there, Matt. That's what I'm here for. So, Matt, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Um, been looking for a new pet here lately, and I've been eyeing a Norwegian forest cat or a domesticated wolf. I'm not sure if my landlord would let that happen, but I'll let you know how that works out. Why Why are those the two options? <laughs> Reasons. <laughs> Reasons? Okay, fair enough. I don't know exactly what a Norwegian... Forest cat? Forest cat is? It's a cat that's as big as uh, Ladybird. Oh, okay. That's a big cat. Two things before we start today. First, we should probably mention that our recording schedule is a little wonky. This won't affect the episode releases, but it has more to do with behind the scenes. If you're curious and want to know more, we're using our NWA Power episodes to close the gaps on anything missing from the previous episodes and kind of explain why our recording is weird. And second, we ran across Twitter user at ANNPAN6231612 on the Twitter, and she, question mark, because I don't know if it's a he or she, does an anime-style artwork on stardom and other Joshi wrestlers occasionally. Definitely worth a look, as I'm posting some of the pictures on here now. Nice. Strap in, Matt. Today, on November 23rd, 2018, we're heading over to Kodakuren Hall in Tokyo for a day show that kicked off at 11.30 with the opening bell for a six-match card for what will likely be our longest episode yet. Ooh, moving on up. We have an opening handicap match, a singles for the future of Stardom Championship, and four tag team matches. This arena sits somewhere in the ballpark of 1900 to 2000, depending on the setup, and appears to be decently filled, with a reported attendance of this show being around 960 people. Yeah, it's a pretty good crowd. If you were able to catch the Samurai TV broadcast of this show, one of the commentators would have been Bull Nakano. Bull Nakano from WWF fame? New Generation fame. 
New generation. It also looks like this place is right behind the Tokyo Dome. Almost like how the old Astrodome is right behind the new Reliance Stadium. Is it still there? I thought it got destroyed. No, it was there when I went there for the Battle of the Piney Woods. Nobody uses it. Yeah, I think it's just used for conventions, but I thought they were in the process of, or maybe they're still talking about just trying to tear it down. When doing some research on this place, I saw that it was only about 220 meters, uh, 721.8 feet away for us Americans, away from the closest star fucks, which is probably why most of the starting roster loves this place so much. Have you seen their twatter feeds? They do love their coffee. Bit of an odd setup in this arena for the camera crew. The ring and audience seem to be fine, but for some reason, the hard camera is off in the balcony perpendicular to the entrance ramp. Even stranger, they have a camera guy there for the entrances to give it that traditional hard camera feel. Mm -hmm. I know why this is, but it just seems a little strange on the camera placement. Yeah, you get a couple weird angles on the intros as well. It's like this weird bird's eye view, but at an angle... It's, it's interesting. It's an interesting setup. It's because the majority of the seats are where the hard camera would normally go, and it's fitted like a set of bleachers you would find at a football game, which is real football, not soccer. They'd have to rope off a little area for the camera crew, mm -hmm. and not going outside of our timeline, but if you noticed on a show that we just watched earlier today, you could hear the guys next to the camera kind of clap and smack and stuff like that. Yeah. So let's get to it, Matt. For tonight's Whopper six-match card as we kick off with a handicap match with the tag team of Kaori and Duaka versus the sisters. We're starting off with Kaori and Duaka versus Hanan, Hina, and Rina. We get our first promo package for the night, and it starts off with Rina. You know this because she's got a little R on her shoulder. And she says, it's our first time fighting together in Karukin? Karukin? It's our first time fighting together in this building. <laughs> and we outnumbered them, so we're going to use teamwork to win. Simple, to the point. Then we get Duaka saying her little catchphrase, followed by Kaori doing her catchphrase, and they just say, we are Jan, we're at a numbers disadvantage, but we won't lose. Holy shit, Duaka is 14? That's what she says. Wow. And she's not a monster. I don't know how I feel about this gimmick. Kaori mentions that she's bringing the happiness to this match. Almost like she's putting the fun in funeral, would you say? I see what you did there. <laughs> ah. Yeah, we'll see how long this lasts. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the weird camera setup, it's not so bad during the match, but you could tell that they're having to zoom in during the entrances, and it's causing a little bit of granulation due to the resolution not being native to it. Thankfully, it's not really an issue when the lights are on. Yeah, and like I said, I, I really like this building, so not spoilers for future, but it's good to see that they do get that work up, fixed up, because this building's a really nice building for them. Matt, what do you think of what I'm calling the Pygmytron? It is a smaller Tron, so I'm okay with Pygmytron. I'm a fan. I think having gone to live events, sometimes it's hard to see what's going on in the ring. Having some form of visual to kind of, you know, show what's going on. Plus, you get the entrance videos, which are always a nice touch as well, so I can't complain. Well, that's all they're using it for this show. Right. They're, they're not putting the matches on well, the Tron right now. So the sisters come out and politely put their judo outfits up. Coyote and Duaka come out, and Coyote seems to be very lively. Is that a good way to put it? <laughs> she seems very excited to be here. 
All right, it's Race Car Ref, who appears to be making up for the last night of the Goddess of Stardom tournament back in episode three, where Old Ref worked the entire night. Uh, we get handshakes in the middle as everyone makes sure that everyone shook each other's hands. Permutations! <laughs> Fair enough. For those that don't know, Matt's not the math major of this group. I hate math. <laughs> And, oh, shit, the sisters get the jump on Coyote and Duaka. You would have thought that they would have had this scouted out since the last show, right? Right. It's kind of becoming their thing. This is the first time that I have seen an Irish whip into the ropes that included everyone as Coyote and Duaka send the sisters over. But the sisters come back and hit stereo is two. What's three? Surround sound? Um, yeah, sure. Surround sound drop kicks. The sisters pick them up and do the rope taunting spot to a nice round of applause, which leads us into clearing the ring out for Rena and Coyote. Nice series of drop kicks from Rena, but she can't quite get the pin and tags in Hina. Hina does a nice arm drag after an Irish whip, but she can't get the pin either. She tags in Hanan and then runs over to busy up Duaka and all three attack Coyote until she does her double clavicle chop on all the sisters until they beat her down and start hitting the... I feel bad for calling it the hoe train because they're young. Well, it wouldn't and be a hoe train anyways. There's multiples. And it's also with drop kicks too. So, so what would this to, be called? We need to come up with a name for it. Um, <laughs> leave a comment below. If you have a name for this move, we'll give you a shout out on the next episode. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm going to leave out us spending like five minutes trying to figure out what to call this before we gave up. Please do. <laughs> Hina and Rena grab Coyote while she's still in the corner, and they do a nice double monkey flip. It lands Coyote right in the middle of the ring, where Rena and Hina get the good old armbar number one in on both of Coyote's arms, and Hanan getting in the figure yon until Duaka comes in and stomps them all away. Yeah, I, I like this three-person submission spot. They're, they're getting cleaner with it. Hanan and Coyote are left in the ring as we get some Irish whip reversals, until Coyote just punches Hana in the gut. That's all you gotta do. She follows up with a nice elbow and tags in Duaka, and she starts her fiery offense with a kick straight in Hanan's chest, into the mat, followed by a couple of shoulder tackles. She may be 14, but she's got some ass behind those kicks, man. Yeah, she does. We get some elbow exchanges in the middle of the ring until Duaka tries to run the ropes for another shoulder tackle. Hanan catches her in the middle of the arm drag, and as soon as she's down, Hina and Rena are in the ring to assist, and Hanan goes to clear out Coyote out of the corner. I'll give the sisters this. They can definitely work as a team. Yeah, their teamwork is getting a lot better considering this is only their, what, third time teaming together? Second or third time. Hina and Rena hit the double Russian leg sweep, and Duaka lands pretty stiff on the mat. Hanan runs over, and Hina and Rena clear out to hit another Russian leg sweep to Duaka. But she can't get the pin as Coyote comes in to break it up. Little bit of chaos, as you can see race car ref just kind of throw up his arms and say, fuck it. <laughs> All three of the sisters Irish whip Coyote, who then tries to cross body as a reversal. But the sisters catch her, and then Duaka comes and jumps on top of Coyote for the assist, and then finally bowls them all over. I love this. <laughs> it's a comedy spot, but it made me chuckle pretty good. Yeah, it, it was a little sloppy, but I, I do enjoy the spot. She's just got to get a little bit more ups on her jump. Duaka gives Hanan another stiff boot to the chest and goes for the pin. Race car ref is getting into overdrive early tonight, man. Yeah, he is. But she only gets a two. No bother. Duaka gets Hanan in the fisherman suplex and gets the three in four minutes on the nose. It's a quick, easy match. Um, 
high paced. It did what it needed to do. Nice round of applause. And I'm really liking how Stardom opens up their shows. You know, it's kind of a, I don't want to say this is really a comedy match, but it's still done in a serious manner. And you know, everyone in the ring is working their asses off tonight. Yeah, it has a bit of a comedic nature to it, but it's more so giving the young people a chance to just go out there and kind of shine. Um, you also get, I think, a little bit of a look of what these three girls can do together, slash what can these two girls together. It's it's almost like they're using the TV to scout and make plans for the future and everything. I'd say it's almost akin to like the old school way of booking, if that makes sense. Right. People have gotten so used today of there being comedy matches to open up, even on the main Fed's roster, that they expect the first match to be a comedy spot, even if it's in the dark match. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got you. This is done right. It's a good opening match. Our next match is our first singles match for our timeline. And what better match to start off with for a singles match than the Future of Stardom Championship match, putting Starlight Kid against Natsumi as the challenger. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one since she called her out in the last episode, and they did not disappoint. So correct me if I'm wrong, but the criteria for the Future of Stardom belt is anybody in their first two years of wrestling or anybody under the age of 20 are allowed to go for this title. You would be correct, and if you want to know more about that or any of the other belts that Stardom has, you can actually go back and catch our very first episode where I was working solo because Matt was dead that day. I was dead that day. And I don't I don't want to say that they made this belt for Starlight, but she's been the only champion so far, correct? Uh, that would also be correct. Right. Bit of advice for those that are trying to get out of work for a day, call in dead. It always works once. It at least works once. So what would you think of Natsumi's promo, Matt? I, again, this is a lot like the first promos of the night. It's simple, straight to the point. We get Natsumi saying, I'm taking Kid's belt. Then we get Starlight Kid saying, this is my fifth defense. We were tag partners. She's gotten better, but I've also gotten better. Let's go have a match. Natsumi is out first, and she has an entrance mask, too. I want one. I, yeah, I want one of these masks. I also like that since she's paying heritage to like the Lucha style and stuff, the fringe is green and red. I see what you did there. Yeah. Tacos. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> if Starlight Kids music hits, you could hear a single person in the audience just yell out, Natsumi! And she turns around and waves at them like they were a family member or something. Yeah, she seems so happy in that moment. I, I also have that note. It was just a really nice little moment of, hey, I'm going for my first title and people are happy to see me. I'm really, really happy to be here. I was actually wondering if it was Mary out there. You don't see her in the match until way later on. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, we'll get to that. I like how on every title defense, the Japanese Jack Tunney is out there and they have the participants pose for the photos. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this. It adds that big fight feel. More people, more companies should do this. The bell rings and we're off. Slight standoff into the collar and elbow lockup and some reversals with arm drags. Wrestling. Both of these ladies are well on their way to having a great career as they both know how to work the crowd in this standoff. Yeah, you get a good 30 second to minute long burst of just straight chain wrestling. You can still see they're a little green, but the, there's going to be huge payoff in the future. They both go back to try again and start a pushing test of strength until Kid gets Natsumi in the ropes for the breakup. And then Kid just chops her on the way to run the ropes. Natsumi chases after her and gets in a nice shoulder tackle and puts in a backwards figure yone. 
Yeah, that's what I had it written down as, is a reverse figure four. I've never quite seen this one. I know we've said reverse figure four on the show before, but there is no other way to describe this move. I will say that it does look terrible in the sense that I would not want that put on me at all. No, it's, I, I guess another way to look at it, too, it's kind of a Boston Crab with the legs twisted up and the person laying down behind. I, I don't even know how you put this move on. It does not look pleasant. Kid finally makes the ropes, and Natsumi lets go of it. Irish whip into the corner, and Natsumi hits a corner splash. As she goes for it again, Kid runs out and responds with a dropkick and sends it straight into the 8166. But Natsumi does the most logical thing and moves. Can't hit me if I'm not there. And then she pulls Kid's feet out from under her. Another logical spot. <laughs> yeah, she's she's come a long way. Um, I haven't really seen her much except for in the tag stuff where she didn't get to do a whole lot of stuff. She, she's got potential. Natsumi goes for a little bit of taunting as she is getting Kid tied up in the El Nudo. Yeah, she does kind of an inverted nudo here to where normally they're on their stomach, but this time she's on her back and she's tied up into the ropes and gets a running drop kick, sliding drop kick that almost knocks her out of the ring, but it's, it's really well placed. A failed two count sees us move into the torque wrench on Kid. I'm not really sure why Natsumi let go of this hold, actually. Kid didn't tap and she wasn't on the ropes. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it was a little weird. But Kid gets up and goes for the running schoolgirl. Natsumi gets out and rolls Kid into one as well. It looks like Natsumi is going for her karana, but Kid catches her and they roll, roll towards freedom as Natsumi manages to get in another El Nudo onto Kid. Instead of the drop kick, we get a couple of running stomps, which I thought was a nice change of pace for this. Yeah, it's she did kind of the same move twice, but she did them both completely different, including how she ended up getting Starlight back out of the tie-up, which was really nice. We get some nice reversals until Natsumi tries to suplex Kid. Kid, having none of it, DDTs Natsumi, and it made me wince, man. Yeah, I just have written down, damn, DDT. Kid is finally able to get up and get the 8166 on Natsumi. This is followed by a nice standing moonsault on top of Natsumi in the middle of the ring. Yeah, it looks good. I, I like this little combination of moves. They start exchanging elbows in the middle of the ring like they owe each other money. Yeah, it's at this time that I've, for the first time, noticed Mary Apache at ringside. I think we've mentioned this talking to each other before. You don't normally see the foreigners at ringside. It's usually the, the younger talent slash newer talent that's out there. It was nice to see her mom getting that chance to be at ringside, seeing it close up for her title shot. Right after those elbows, Natsumi returns the favor on that earlier DDT with her own. Natsumi, with the clapping of the crowd... Builds up a full head of steam to stomp. Natsumi catches Kid off the ropes over her shoulder and chunks her down like a sack of potatoes. Holy shit. Yeah, I just had damn written down on this one. I, I've never seen a spine buster where it was more of a, a cranium cracker, if you will. I don't know if you caught it, but the baseball fan guys are back in the crowd tonight. Yeah, we got three of them at the front row. Natsumi waits in the corner as Kid is slowly getting up. When she does... Natsumi runs over and does a single leg drop kick onto Kid, but she used Kid's knee to step up to do the assist. That Shining. was cool. Shining Wizard. Is that what that is? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the Shining Wizard. That was really nice. I like that. She then runs off the ropes, and Kid catches her in the upside-down scissors, and they roll it to a pin. I will never be this coordinated, Matt. Yeah, there's like 15 roll-ups in a row here in a span of 10 seconds. 
Like, I have problems putting my pants on in the morning. There's no way I could do this. No. Natsumi shows a little frustration and tries for it again, but Kid tries to reverse it. It's not happening. But what does happen is the rolling pin reversal, and race car ref is now into overdrive. Natsumi gets in some elbows and tries to run the ropes, but this time Kid chases her and gets in the dropkick. Kid goes over and hooks in possibly the most complex version of the fisherman suplex I've ever seen. This is the one where she tries to kind of put one leg over the other and then hook it in, right? Yeah. Yeah, and she struggles with it a little bit because I don't think she accounted for Natsumi's size compared to her. And it could have ended terribly. But it only makes it to a 2 and 99 one hundredths of a count. My goodness, this was close. It got the crowd into it. They bit that this might be the finish. Kid sets up Natsumi in the ropes so that she can go sit on her. I'm not sure what was going on here. Yeah, I think she was just kind of catching her breath for a second. But Natsumi dumps her off and gets her down with a drop toe hold and her own 2 and 99 100s on the kid. Natsumi straight picks up kid to put her in the corner and then follows this up with an impressive show of strength by getting her up into the muscle buster setup. But thankfully, kid gets out of it. Yeah, she did not look to be in this setup very well. Kudos to Natsumi for having the strength to get her up there, but she was not positioned well for this move to effectively be pulled off. I have here, Kid runs over and hits a sweeping slam. It's what I've been calling the fisherman cutter. It's kind of the perfect plex, but instead of going over in a suplex, you do the swinging neckbreaker. And this is where I noticed that a wild Mary Apache has appeared at ringside. Natsumi reverses an Irish whip into the corner and sends Kid over instead. She then charges Kid, and Kid pushes her over to the outside. I'm guessing the ladies were around five foot flat region for height, right? At best. It looked like it was a little difficult for Kid to get Natsumi up high enough for that. Yeah. But she had the strength to do it, too. Yeah, she's she's getting there. Kid gets in an elbow and lays Natsumi across the second rope. She goes up to the second turnbuckle and hits a beautiful stomp on Natsumi's back. Kid drags her in a little bit and goes for the second rope frog splash and hits it. But somehow, Natsumi breaks the count. There was a really good moment here. I don't know if you noticed, but you have Mayu and Tam who are also ringside, and they're counting along with the ref, and then throw up their arms in disbelief and totally sell that they're into this match, which is a really interesting thing you can do when you have the talent surrounding the ring. You have them help sell what's going on in the ring. It's really well shot. Yeah, these ladies are just amazing at the 99 and 100s count breakout right here. This time, Kid drags her out a little bit more and goes for the second rope moonsault again, and that's enough to get the 3 and 837. Yeah, this was a really good, quick-paced match. I, I liked everything about it. Then we get Japanese Jack Tony back in the ring to present the belt and the trophy, at which time Starlight turns around to shake Natsumi's hand for the good job, but her stable mates have already cleared out of the ring, so she's left to celebrate on her own. Damn good match. I don't know if it was the sound or camera equipment, or the crowd in general, but the audio seemed a little off for this match. You could tell that they were well into the match. Now, I'm talking about the audience. Right. But it sounded a little more muted than the last show. I would definitely watch these two ladies go at it again, and I look forward to seeing them get even better in the future. Oh, after the uh, Japanese Jack Tunney trophy presentation, did you notice that the crowd throws in more streamers? Yeah. I thought that was kind of neat. Same. I, I don't think I've noticed that in the past. So it was nice that when you win your belt or you you maintain 
As Kid is leaving, you can clearly see our baseball guys there, along with Tank Top Guy, giving no shits about the weather again. None. I don't know if you spotted her, Matt, but Fuka's there with her baby son in the crowd. Ah, I did not notice that. She makes about two appearances. To, she doesn't move, but she makes about two appearances tonight. Nice. So, Matt, this is where I was originally sitting down taking notes and getting ready for this show. And I was wondering what kind of brutality was going to be the main event of tonight. Because you know that every stardom show has that one match where it just feels like you're tossing a cinder block through a window, right? Yeah. Then I saw that we had four tag matches on the card and said, well, shit, everybody's going to die. Right. Because our next match sees the team of B and Chardonnay of QQ take on Saki and Tam of Stars. Matt, what's leading us into this match? So we get a promo package. Uh, it starts off with Chardonnay. She says, B, this is our last time teaming together, but we've proven we're good. So I think we can show these girls that Queen Quest UK can win it. B then follows up with, yeah, uh, we are good, but so are the people we're fighting. They are two-thirds of the artist champions, but they don't have their strongest player. They don't have Mayu out there, so I'm pretty sure we're going to be able to put them down. Followed up by a panda eating a microphone. <laughs> I have that here that uh, I'm really looking forward to Matt covering this promo by P-Chan. Yeah, we get P-Chan, uh, the stuffed panda, being interviewed by Saki, and it's just so weird. He eats the microphone. And then proceeds to tell everybody that they're happy to be back in insert name of place here. Um, but it's getting <laughs> colder outside, so let's make it hot with a hot match. Excellent promo by P-Chan. Yes. It's so weird. So weird. So as you said, Chardonnay makes that reference that this is her last tag match would be. Uh-huh. She will make a couple appearances on and off over the next year and will be on the next show. But this is really kind of it for her. I couldn't really find anything on it other than she occasionally refers to her wrestling career in the past tense on her social media things. Yeah, I looked her up as well, and everything that you can find on her is pre-even this match. So it's interviews from 2006. There's not really anything on Chardonnay. B apparently found her lipstick again, and this was kind of the most awkward promo I've ever heard from her. Calm down, ladies. Any more excitement, and we're going to have to crank up a funeral here. QQ is out first to a decent round of applause. See, you can hear the crowd during this entrance, but during the matches, it's actually kind of muffled. Chardonnay is damn determined to lose another set of ring gear up her hole before she leaves for a bit. I swear them trunks are getting smaller. Maybe she left them in the dryer too long, Matt? Yeah, they are smaller trunks, but at least she did have the good decency to wear some fishnets underneath them. They're going up that hole too. <laughs> that's not. That's, that's the best I can give her. <laughs> Creepy fact, there seems to be a trend of stardom wrestlers selling gear lately, and B has gotten in on the act. She recently auctioned off the blue variant of this outfit this week, and it went for about $330 to, or 253 euro. And I'm going to be honest, she took a loss on that one, because you and I are well aware how much it costs to make ring gear, right? Right, but I mean, at least you're getting something back. You typically wouldn't get any money back for them at all. Yeah, while I don't know how much this ring gear cost her to make, I can guess it was more than what it was sold for. So I do feel a little bit more confident about auctioning off my used jeans and flannel now. <laughs> I don't think you're getting anything for that. Tamasaki come out with their artist to stardom belts and P-Chan in tow. Maybe they should make him like a mini artist belt. 
As much as I don't want to, I could support that. <laughs> See if I could Photoshop that in. How do you think I'm gonna get along with that too while you're gone? It took me for everything that I had and kicked me out of my own. I am a, I'm satisfied. How long can you stand the heat? Out of the doorway in the village river to the sound of the beat. Look out. Another one bites the dust. Uh, right before we kick off, we get the standard handshaking spot. B is playing it cool, but it always appears if Chardonnay has taken the piss out of it. Like, she's got that goofy grin on her face. <laughs> I think she's just happy to be here, man. Like, it's kind of a big deal for her. But she did do something I really liked, and I don't know if you coughed this map. As B was walking back to the corner, Chardonnay walked backwards to keep an eye on him. That's smart. Damn, you've ruined the sisters. Or Sneaky Cheeky. You can't <laughs> trust that Sneaky Cheeky. Saki and Chardonnay go through some arm locks and reversals to start us off. Yeah, I just kept it simple. I wrote arm stuff. We get a camera spot right after the first arm drag that would be damn near an FCC violation in the States for public indecency on Chardonnay's ass. Dude, it was way up there, man. It was more obvious than previous stuff. See, I didn't really notice it that much this time. I know for a match in the States that this would be kind of a slow startup, Mm -hmm. but I can't help but enjoy this. No, yeah, when you have four people who are known to just beat the shit out of people, uh, a slow build is the way you want to go. Chardonnay is obviously bigger than Saki, so you get to see Saki try and figure out how to outsmart her, and it allows for Chardonnay to use her size advantage, almost like she's kind of a rebel, if you will, for thinking outside the box. A rebel, you say? Rebel Gonzalez, maybe? No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't insult this woman that bad. We'll get there soon enough. Don't you worry, fans. <laughs> oh, I'm worried. <laughs> Saki finally gets out of a headlock and is able to hit a flying dropkick to Chardonnay and some follow-up boots to try and gain some ground on her. Race car ref comes over and breaks it up in the corner, and Saki hits a nice twisting arm breaker over the shoulder. Tam comes in, and they double-team Chardonnay. Did you see the boot that Saki made Chardonnay eat in the corner? Shit! Like I said, this is going to be four women who are not afraid to put their boots into each other's orifices. Oh, I regret saying that. (laughs) Whatever you do, don't splicey splicey. (laughs) Yeah, these women are not afraid to kick each other. For dessert, Tam gives her a stiff shoulder to follow. They roll Chardonnay out of the corner and go for kicks. Tam kind of stopped for a second. Does she hate Chardonnay? I, I think it's just that aspect of we kind of talked about in the last episode. She's still fairly green and new, so she's she's just getting there. As Saki is running to ropes, B comes in and puts a stop to that shit. Chardonnay comes to take over as B runs to knock Tam off, and they join forces to double suplex Saki. Talk about the most unnecessary double suplex in the history of wrestling. Excellent point. <laughs> They're both twice her size, but it takes both of them to get her over. Nice scoop slam from Chardonnay to Saki. As Chardonnay tags B in... B comes in and kicks Saki in the back. Damn, these ladies are athletic. I'd have gone with an arm club instead because I still can't lift my leg that high. No, not even a little bit. This is followed by a tilt-a-whirl reversal? Yes. To allow B to get in and reverse arm bar number 85. This is probably, to me, the most brutal-looking move on the entire night. She took both her arms pulled them behind her back, and then made her touch her own hands together. Arms are not supposed to bend that far back. Yeah, I have that note right here that B transitions it to an arm puller, 
with her knee in the back of Saki's head. Yeah, right in the spine. Now, just put a bullet in me and make it quick. That's all yeah. that I ask. How are you <laughs> supposed to be giving yourself a high five behind your own back like that? I, I got nothing, man. I don't want this move near me. Saki is floundering like a fish out of water until she hits the ropes with her feet. I like that. She, You know, her feet flailing and everything like that. She's trying to get out of this move because it hurts so bad. Right. I'm going to guess it because it hurts so bad. <laughs> I, yeah, like I said, I, I, don't, I don't see any way you could possibly fake that. B does that nasty arm stomp onto Saki, the one across the elbow. Yeah. And then she throws Saki into the corner, but she's able to get up top and hit a Hurkarana to B. It tosses B into the ropes, and Saki hits almost the B's knees to her. That's B's gimmick. You leave that alone. She's known to steal stuff. She plays it smart and immediately tags Tam in, who gets in a flying crossbody kick. Tam goes for a suplex, but Chardonnay breaks it up and they double-team Tam. Tam is able to turn things around as she hits the reverse and regular DDT on them both this time. Yeah, it was nice to see it. I know they teased it during the, the tag league. It was nice to actually see it finally pulled off here. We get a setup right after this where Tam and B are trading dodges to kicks until Tam just kicks the lights out of B. Yeah. Somehow, B is able to stay on her feet and follow behind Tam as she runs the ropes and issues a receipt with change. Yeah, I just have B murders. Chardonnay comes in and tries to lift up Tam for a Samoan drop, I'm guessing is what she was going for there. Uh, no, I think they were setting up their DVD uh, Death Valley Driver stomp combo in the corner. A couple of dodges and Tam hits a freaking RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> Tam does the barrel roll tag to Saki. Now, what exactly is the advantage of this? Does this increase their measurable momentum over to the corner? I need to start trying this around the house whenever I'm trying to answer the phone before the answer machine picks up. Just roll everywhere you go? Yeah, oh crap, I need to get somewhere faster and just start rolling across the house. I The only problem I have with this barrel roll is they'll do it like a foot away from where they're going. Like if you're doing it across the ring, maybe, but you're right there. Saki comes in and knocks B off the apron in the other corner. And I actually felt bad for her. Did you see her sitting there from her last round in the ring? Yeah. This poor lady looked like she was mugged with waffles and tire irons. <laughs> Solid gold. Go, 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 go. Saki quickly turns around and hits a double underhook suplex to Chardonnay. And then another. And then another. For a two count. Chardonnay puts the business to Saki with a knee to the face. Even the crowd was gasping. Yeah, she's also trying to get those last stiff hits in before she goes back home. Saki gets set up over the shoulders for B to come in and do the top rope stomp, but Tim comes over to try and break it up. It allows Saki to be able to fall off and get Chardonnay into crucifix pin only for a two count. Saki and Tam take turns kicking Chardonnay in the ring as B must be out like a light outside. Right. As Tam puts Chardonnay down... Saki picks her up and goes for the double underhook suplex again, but Chardonnay ain't having it. So Saki muscles it into a double underhook pedigree. Wow. Drops her right on her face. Like that was all forehead taking that impact. Good news, Matt. Go on. B's alive and she comes in to breaks up the pin. It's a good thing she is because I don't think Chardonnay is at the moment. <laughs> Tam is trying to contain her, but B takes her out and then straight punches or kicks, in, the, in this case, Saki's ticket. And we get the bee's knees to lay Saki out. 
Yeah, I think this is the one, too, where she hit the knee and then extended the foot afterwards that made it just look that much more impactful. Chardonnay is finally to get up and set Saki up for the top rope stomp. But Tam is able to get in right at the last nanosecond to break this up. I'd almost say end this here. Yeah, but I think it's the aspect of we'll get to in five seconds. B and Chardonnay hit Tam with a double axe handle clothesline to repay her for her troubles. Chardonnay comes in to hit her, quote, move, and it looked terrible. Yeah. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. But if you had to compare it to a painting, this would be in the neighborhood of a melted crayon on paper. Chardonnay has Saki over her knee and hits a forearm across the chest. Saki's had enough and is able to slip on a crucifix pin for the three in 8.54. My goodness, did you see Chardonnay's trunks try to escape existence during that pin? Uh, luckily, she got flipped over fairly quickly because they were about to be non-existent. For what it was, this was a well-placed match. Saki, for most of her tenure at Stardom, has been in the tag teams because of her ability to enhance her partner. Right. It's not because she can't go on her own or because her partner needs to shine. I think it's because adding her to the mix just makes her partner that much more better in the ring and as a presentation as well, too. And she can work with anybody. I've yet to see her have a bad match with anybody. So you get the shine of her opponents also getting the shine. And Stardom is very intelligent about their tag matches. It's not like a single person will outshine everybody in the rest of the match. Here, everybody has a chance to perform and be recognized by the crowd. Yeah, and that's going back to what we were talking about. I think that with the DVD stomp combo that should have maybe ended the match, you also get that appeal of, oh man, they might win over, but instead you get Chardonnay doing the favors on her way out. So all four women have a chance to look great in this match. Old ref sighting right after the match as everyone is checking in on Saki. So he's there, and he's purposely making race car ref work the entire night. <laughs> Good. He's probably eating noodles in the back. <laughs> I am I'm diligently looking for that clip, man. One day. Maybe old ref can work alone, but race car ref has to have oversight and get his hours in to be a full-time ref. He's gotta he's gotta go from middle aged ref to old age ref, but he's gotta he's gotta work for it. You think maybe he's got his refing permit? If <laughs> he, he had to get it renewed this week, so he's gotta call everybody and and get it uh, checked off on by old ref. So Matt, what do you think of someone that's built like Chardonnay but can't perform near the physical level of Saki or Mayu? I I think, and me and you've talked about this a little bit offline. I think had B not come over when she did, Chardonnay would be set for a big push even though her talent's not quite there yet she's big she's not the worst wrestler you've ever seen but the fact that she came over with b and b is big and beastly and can wrestle she kind of gets outshined and i think we're going to probably see some of that going forward uh, cut over to backstage where we get kegitsu and hazuki and they'll be facing off against hana and mary and we totally did not put a two-week gap in between the first three matches and these three. Not at all. Completely seamless, all done in one day. We get two awkward promos. We get Hazuki and Kigetsu saying teacher a lot, but Hazuki says, Miri, you're supposed to be a teacher. You're supposed to be a high-speed teacher. And Kigetsu says, I'll show the world what's appropriate. I'll show them Kigetsu. And then Hana and Mary do a hand symbol, but not really at the same time, so they do it again at the same time. I... Yeah, 
nothing promo. Awkward. Yeah, I do want to note that learning more about stardom and the wrestlers makes me feel just a tad bit guilty when I see stuff like this. Uh-huh. Awful train wreck of a promo set up by both of them. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that most of them have a pretty decent grasp of English. Yeah. Hana is actually very fluent, but not in Spanish, as apparently she only knows the word huevos. Huevos. But she's done a lot of interviews already, and I'll splice some in where she's actually speaking pretty good English, like better than us. Yeah. Yeah, that's a th- and usually Odeotide does a decent promo. This one was just weird. I think this was another lost in translation between what they were actually saying and what was subtitled. I think we get that a couple times tonight because we have that in the next two promos as well. Kegitsu and Hazuki are out. Kegitsu has her belt, and Hazuki has her dog. Her dog in an Odeotide mask. I do appreciate Kegetsu coming out and messing with the uh, baseball fan guys. Yeah. <laughs> so the panda has a name. Do you know, does the dog have a name? I haven't figured this out yet. I don't see this dog very long. I, I don't think I've ever seen it before now. And I think this is the first time we get a two-person Odeo tie dance. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Foreboding. I'm glad that these two got to have a dance on their own. Yeah. It, it's bittersweet looking back at it. Yeah. Hana and Mary come out, and Mary has on her headdress. That's a massive headdress. This isn't a new thing, as she's had it in previous years, and I will splice that in. Right. But I think it's the first time that we've actually seen it in stardom. And that's even stranger, because we've seen it in some promotional photos prior to this. Maybe it was like a stock photo from her that stardom had to use for a little bit. I can see that, because in all the entrance, like all the little... This person versus this person at the beginning of the videos, she's wearing wrestling tights that she never wears in stardom. So right before we kick off, I notice that Old Ref is actually in this one. And it leads me to the best question that I have for you, Matthew. Go ahead. Are people about to die? People are about to die. These are four hard-hitting ladies. It's not going to be a wrestling match. It's going to be, let's see how hard we can hit each other. Hazuki and Mary start off with some stare down and a test of strength. Mary quickly gets the upper hand, but Hazuki back rolls out and manages to get in a headlock. The fuck was this? I don't know, but holy crap, did Mary show up to work or not? So Mary finally gets Hazuki off and whips her into the ropes. To avoid getting hit by Hazuki, Mary hits the mat, and she does it in the most bump-taking way possible as Hazuki flies over her. Yeah, she jumped forward about two feet before she hit the ground. This was amazing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like I said, Mary was here to put on a show today. She must be up for contract renegotiation. Hazuki tries to jump and bounce off the ropes, but Mary ain't having that and chops the shit out of her. So Matt, explain to me the exchange that happened in the corner that ended up in an arm drag. Stardom. That's what I'm going to go with, too. Yeah. There was a lot going on in a few seconds. <laughs> Taunting elbows from Hazuki until she goes to run off the ropes, and Hana's there waiting for her. Yeah, Hana hits her with a chair and... Correct me if I'm wrong here. This is the first time we've seen somebody hit somebody with a chair instead of them hit chairs with people. You would have to be correct in our timeline, sir. <laughs> like Usually it's let me barrel you into 10 chairs, but this time we get an actual chair shot. It's done behind the rest back. It's done well. Good on him. Mary takes advantage of this and rolls Hazuki outside so they can go fuck up some other seats that haven't been used as weapons yet. Yeah, now we do it the normal way where we throw the people at the chair. But get this, Odeotai didn't actually start this. I know, Odeotai are <laughs> facing this match. These look like some legit tough-ass chairs, too. And none of these ladies give a shit. No. 
Back in the ring, and Hana is tagged in to give Hazuki some taunting kicks, followed by a nice body slam. She gets Hazuki in the corner, and Mary comes in to help double team. Nice drop to hold from Mary to Hazuki, and we get the stereo bow and arrows from Hana and Mary to Kegitsu and Hazuki. I, I know they do this spot every match, but I really like it. It's it still impressive clean. every time. Yeah, it looks really clean. Hana is in, and Hazuki tries to mount an offense return, but is given some stiff kicks for trouble. Yeah, we get double decapitation here as Hana just boots the shit out of her twice in a row. Hazuki finally breaks free and is able to get the jumping rope dropkick in on Hana this time. She wisely tags in Kegitsu, and she starts to run wild until Mary smacks her in the corner. Yeah, I like this. It's the first time, like I said a little bit earlier, that we've seen Odio Tai kind of work the face role, and Hana and Mary are working the hill. It's an interesting dynamic. I don't know if this was a fake out or a small little slip, but Kegetsu looks like she's about to pull off Hazuki's corner rope jumping spot. Uh-huh. She stops on the first rope as Mary and Hana are looking on in confusion, and Kegetsu just drop kicks them from there. Yeah, it didn't seem like she quite got her footing as she landed on the first rope, but she recovered fairly well, so it was only like a split second that they had to wait for the drop kick. Nice corner splash, followed by a suplex from Kegetsu to Hana, and then we get a who's the stiffest exchange in the middle between the two. Kegetsu tries to turn the tables on Hana by running the ropes, but Hana gets her in a submission. Matt, yeah, I, I have it called a crucifix double armbar. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you call it. It looked really clean. Hazuki comes in and tries to break it up, but Mary fucks her out back into yesteryear as Hana is working over Kegitsu with some stiff kicks in the ropes. Kegitsu gets in her own submission variety on Hana in the middle, and Hana pulls a Kegitsu by lifting her out of it and suplexing her for the receipt. My goodness, these ladies are strong. Yeah, I think it was a guillotine that she had her in, and then just Hana just was like, no, I don't want to do this. It was very impressive. Bit of running back and forth in exchanges between Hana and Kegetsu until Kegetsu just kicks the shit out of Hana, putting both of them down and trying to get the tag in. Hazuki and Mary are now in and running towards each other as Hazuki drops down and baseball slides to a kick to the shins on Mary. Shit! Yeah, they're not holding anything back. Beautiful DDT from Hazuki to Mary, followed by Hazuki whipping Mary into the corner for a shoulder splash and setting up for the springboard drop kick from the outside. Hazuki tapes should be required watching when training to become a wrestler. Agreed, man. She tries to pin Mary, and she kicks out at two. But instead of walking it off and looking confused, she goes straight into an armbar number 31. Yeah, this, this one was the crossface, right? You had a failed pin attempt? Don't just get up and be like, oh, man, I didn't make it. No! Obviously, yeah, it was a failed pin attempt. Keep baiting on her. Yeah, turn it into another move. Don't be surprised. Don't let your anger get in there. Just keep beating her up. Hazuki gets Mary up to try and work her over and whips her into the ropes. But Mary plows Hazuki over with her foot. As Hazuki is down, Mary locks in the figure quattro. This was it, a bit of an STF, right? It started out as a figure quattro and then turned into what looked like a transitional STF. Yeah, it was like the weirdest way to put on an STF ever. Kigitsu and Hana come in to clean house. Kigitsu is about to go outside the ring to chase Hana, but she spots Mary going up top and changes direction mid-flight. To go fuck her off the top turnbuckle. Yeah, dude, like Kigetsu flew like a bullet straight into Mary here. Hana comes back in the ring and goes after Kigetsu, and it smoothly transitions into Kigetsu flying through the ropes to land on Mary outside. I can't speak highly enough about this particular sequence. I'm guessing they knew it was coming, but they did it in such a way that it looked like it was on the fly. Magnificent. Yeah, it, it was, I like, mwah. 
I got nothing. It was just so beautiful. And I think this is the first match involving Odeo Tire where they didn't start the outside of the ring business both times. Yeah. Back in the ring, and we get Hana trying to whip Hazuki into the corner, but she decided to fly outside. There is absolutely no fear in these ladies. No, I love this. Kegitsu flew like a bullet. Hazuki flies like a slightly more graceful bullet. And I didn't see any of them check to see if someone was there to catch them or not. No, just pray. Even the crowd was a little confused by this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hazuki and Kegetsu look to be going to fly outside again for the stereo dives, but Hana stops Kegetsu with a chair, while Mary just uses her girth to stop yep. Hazuki. Her girth is as good as a chair. I have here, holy shit, Mary does a barrel roll flip from the apron to the floor. I was like, yeah, they flew like bullets, she flew like a cannonball. Again, these ladies are some highly trusty people. I wouldn't let her jump at me. Hazuki gets rolled back in, and Mary is up top for a fly barrel roll butt tackle. Hazuki kicks out at two, and Mary retaliates with a damn good powerbomb. It's a solid powerbomb. Kegetsu somehow manages to get in to break this one up as well. Actually, this is probably my favorite part of the match. Kegetsu didn't break it up. She was a split second late, and it looked like the ref was about to count the three. If you watch Hazuki's face, she's watching for Kigetsu. And when she realizes Kigetsu's not going to make in time, she actually kicked out at the very last second. Hana's busy trying to get Kigetsu back outside the ring. And Barry is yelling across the ring that she's ready for something. And they do the stereo boots to Hazuki's back. Did you see Mary try and work the crowd with jumping? Yeah. This made me chuckle. <laughs> it, it's, it's a bit amusing. I want to see you do this in like a store or something. <laughs> I don't know, Earthquake. <laughs> yes, Earthquake reference! <laughs> Put it spicy, spicy. <laughs> Mary picks up Hazuki for what appears to be a power slam, but Hazuki rolls around and locks in a twisting crucifix pin and gets the three in 11.59. Yeah, this girl is so smooth with her transitions. Mary is obviously pissed again and goes after Old Ref. Leave this man alone. I like it, though. Like, from start to finish, Mary and Hannah are heels, and they, they play it all the way through. But Old Ref appears to be the Flash as he sneakily and quickly just goes around to the other side of the ring to raise Hazuki's hand. It was quick. Yeah, I think he took one hit, fell down, played dead for a second, and then slid out and came out the other side. It looks like he goes to talk some trash to Hana and Mary as well, too. (laughs) And I don't mean like scold them, but actually talk trash. Yeah, you don't fuck with Old Ref. Damn great match. But this match got me to thinking that it may not be purely an audio issue tonight as the crowd was actually getting more into the match about five minutes in. It seems like it's a crowd that wants to be dead unless you bring them in. Or maybe somebody in the back just noticed it finally and started fixing the sound and said, oh, crap, we got to fix this. It's been trashed the entire time. No, because I think you saw it in a couple other matches like they had to work to get the crowd into it. So we move on to our fifth match of the night, and it's a special return match for Arissa, who has been away for a while and last appeared on a stardom show back in May 5th of 2012. She was one of the original stardom members when Fuka began training her first class. And with her return tonight, we also get the reunion of the tag team AMA. Arissa announced her return to stardom back in September by posting some gym workout photos and whatnot. 10-10, wouldn't fuck with. Yeah, not even a little bit. I can remember when me and you first started watching Stardom and we went back and there was this little emo schoolgirl and we were like, this girl's never going to make it. And then she started kicking people in the face and I was like, oh, okay. 
It's a school girl you don't mess with. I don't know about you, Matt, but if I had a choice on if and when I was coming back to the ring, I might have picked some different opponents other than Konami and Azumi of QQ. <laughs> oh, I sure would have picked different opponents. Konami alone, no. All right, Matt, so give us the promos. Uh, we get some pretty simple promos here. We start off with QQ with Konami saying, we're facing Arisa in her return match today. Momo told us her kicks are terrible. So we're going to show her how to really kick people in the face. Then we slide over to Arisa and Mayu with Arisa saying, it's the return. Mayu says, for the first time in a long time, AMA is back. How do you feel? Arisa, nervous, but we're going to win. Go AMA. So everyone comes out, and Arisa's saved for last, which makes sense because she's just returning after a long break. But Matt, tell me, what did you think of this music video of her theme song on the Pygmytron? Well, before we get to that, did you see Mayu say hello to the little baby in the crowd? That's Fuka's son. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I was just like, she walked past him like a good three feet, then turned around, bowed to this baby. And I was just like, what is going on here? Um, No, I like this music video, and... Did you notice who was singing in the music video? I did. I actually found this out in between match three and four where we didn't take a two-week break. That uh-huh. that is actually her band. Her band. That's yes. true. That would be the band. Shit. I wrote it down. Where is yeah. it? Uh, if you Google her singer name, it's Udon Sato. Unlimited Dream Navigator. Yeah, I think this was also kind of her nickname for a little while. And I'll splice this in, but their most recent music video She's actually wearing her stardom mask. Oh, I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. But yeah, apparently she was in, like, music club when she was in high school, or their version of high school. And she can sing, play guitar, and play bass. Yeah, she has a beautiful voice. I'm not arguing that. It's just not my cup of tea of music. Oh, yeah, it's not really my style of music. I like when a wrestler can do their own theme song. I think we only have three. So it's a really big match here, Matt. The biggest. It's time for Japanese Dave Pinzer. Did you hear this guy? (laughs) I tend to skip past the intros, but I like when he talks. (laughs) I'm going to splice some of this in. All right, so the bell rings, and Izumi and Mayu are straight at it with no messing around here. Flips, kicks, reversals, pin attempts, and a flurry of things happen all in about 15 seconds of the opening bell. You actually timed that it was 28 seconds of just straight action. Without even taking a breather, they end it with a standoff to probably one of the best match openers I've ever seen. This actually, though, made me think of a question for you. Go on. Either of these two girls could clearly be high-speed champion with the flurry they just put on. Do you think, like, let's say, Mayu's clearly entrenched in the bigger belts, the main event kind of card scenario. Would it be an actual step down for her to, or not just for her, but for a main event person to step down and go for a lesser belt? Or do you think that's something valid to help elevate that belt? It depends on the championship run at the time. Like what they end up doing with it? Well, let's take into consideration here uh, our favorite title on this side of the pond, the television championship. Right. When AA, the enforcer, had it, that belt meant something, right? Right. It was defended at just about every TV taping or show that they had that was on free cable over the air, right? Mm -hmm. What about when it was found out of the bin by Ho? I, I get your point on that, 
But I just meant for the wrestler, is it a downside? It made me think of Flair's final run in the Fed when they put the IC strap on him. Like, it didn't feel like a downgrade that Flair's going for the IC strap. It made the IC strap feel more important. Well, that's almost similar to Duggan finding the TV belt in the trash. It's because they've run that belt through the mud so much that it needs somebody to boost them up. Whereas in stardom, they haven't done that with any of their belts. They've all been great contenders. They've all represented the belt properly and effectively. So if you were to take Mayu right now Mm -hmm. in our current timeline and put the high speed on her, would it hurt Mayu? No, because they're still going to go watch her regardless. It would definitely elevate the belt because the belt is now coming up to Mayu's level. Right. And then it would elevate whoever won the belt off of Mayu later on. I don't think we're in a situation where it would downgrade Mayu either, because with the athleticism and the talent that all these ladies have in stardom right now, Mm -hmm. regardless of who gets what belt and who gets what championship and how they do it, each of these ladies is presented as a main eventer in their own right, even though we know that not all of them are. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's a fair point. They have a really good roster to where they wouldn't have to even bring Mayu down to do that. Because anybody wearing that belt would be phenomenal. It was just an interesting question to me for, like I said, for other companies. Yeah, we get a little bit of the reverse of that here in the States or where I'm currently at right now, where you have a title or a championship that should be revered as top notch, mm-hmm. but you have it on somebody that is eh. Well, I think a lot of times in the States, they try to make the title make the person. They don't realize that a person can make a title. That That's the best way to put it. And I think here is that you have so much respect given to the training and the commitment that's required to be in stardom that whoever has that title, whichever title it is, it doesn't matter. It's going to be at that top level. Good point. I mean, think about it. You had a whole series ran for the Goddess of Stardom titles, right? That's true. And currently, outside of our timeline, as we're speaking right now, there is a series going on similar to that for the high speed. No, that's awesome. I, yeah, I, I like the way they treat their belts with respect in all aspects. So kudos. It also helps when you bring that thing out every single time to let them know that that's the prize that you're fighting for. Oh, yeah. Mary was definitely wearing the belt even when she wasn't fighting for it earlier. Mayu was rocking her Artist of Stardom belt out to this match, even though it had nothing to do with it. They make the belts feel important. So that's a very big lesson for any promotion outside of Stardom, past, present, future, whatever we're reviewing, is yeah. that if you as much importance as you put in the wrestler, you need to put in the title or championship as well, too. Fingers crossed for the NWA with the TV belt right now. Go, Ricky. They did a great job doing that tournament, and we got to see three, count them, three Trevor Murdoch matches with Trevor Murdoch in the main event. A little bit of spoilers for future NWA shows. Real quick before we get back into the match. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so she does the music video, and it's great and everything, but can you answer me one question? What's that? What the fuck is up with the rubber chickens? I don't know. I really want to know why, why, what, what, what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah, and it was like weirdly mesmerizing as she's walking out with them. I'm like, who the fuck has a rubber chicken? And then she threw one in the crowd, and I was like, I want that rubber chicken. She made me care about a chicken. I don't know what's going on here, but this is amazing. Yeah, great, great time. Do Do you think... And not to sidetrack too much here, but maybe, just maybe, they sit in the back and they come up with this random assortment of just stuff. Just and they like say, tonight. Back there. Yeah, it's like a gimmick box. <laughs> the gimmick box? 
No, not the gimmick box. <laughs> There's no Mr. Perfect gimmick in here. <laughs> not the gimmick box, just a gimmick box. <laughs> just it has a bunch of random stuff that Japanese Jack Tunney throws in there. Yeah. Here's a panda. Here's a dog with a mask. Here's a rubber chicken. Just pull one out, see what happens. <laughs> now everybody wants to buy a rubber chicken. I, I wanted one. I wanted that rubber chicken. I've killed for less. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a hard show to edit. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I just I missed that note somehow. Mayu tries for a handshake or something, but Azumi slaps her hand and tags in Konami instead. So Mayu tags in Arissa and she is just happy to be there. For now. <laughs> for five seconds. <laughs> With the tag out, we get what is basically the start of a new match here. I've told Matt before that you can teach a few philosophy one-on-one classes with some of the selected stardom matches before you hear. But for me, this is some graduate-level shit right here. Mm -hmm. Arissa slips through and starts receiving some kicks from Konami. One of them looks like it caught her in the jaw. I, I, I thought it was right in the throat, and it looked like she grabbed her throat. And then it looks like Konami drop kicks Arissa in the throat. Oh, that's the spot. Yeah. So she got wrecked twice. Yeah, I think they also did a really good job here of Arissa kind of looks like she has ring rust, but it's not that she has ring rust. It's that she's trying to look like she has ring rust. Does that make sense? Yeah, she obviously doesn't. But instead of just coming out and being like most people would be like, oh, you're, it's your return bout. Let's make you look like you're the greatest thing ever. She's willing to make herself look weaker because she's had the time off and build back up into the character she was when she left. Konami starts to hit the ropes, but Mayu gets a back kick in to stop her and then runs in to knock Azumi off the apron. Hold on now. <laughs> Something's not right here. <laughs> no, you won't beat up her friend. Mayu and Arisa go for the double team Irish whip, but Konami ducks and gets in a drop kick to Arisa with Azumi coming in for one as well on Mayu to make it surround sound. Yeah, I'm thinking someone fixed the audio in the back because the quality is a lot more clear on this match than the previous ones. Like I said, I, I really, I felt like in the last match, Hazuki had to work to get the crowd into it, and Mayu just doesn't have to work. Konami gets in a nice flying knee into the corner to Arisa. She waves in Azumi to come in, and they do a, an assisted leapfrog lift to a flying stomp onto Arissa. You could tell Asumi is proud of herself on that one, too. <laughs> yeah, she landed it so clean. I just, yeah. You'll see my notes and my words are going to be a little less in this match because it was just so fun watching this match that it was actually hard to pick up the pencil and take notes. Azumi gets tagged in and just mule kicks Arissa. Hey, Arissa, you asked for this match. No one to blame but yourself here. Yeah, there's also even like a look on her face at this point. Oh, shit. Why did I come back? Azumi gets Arissa's leg around the bottom rope and pulls on it. It's not a submission because it's in the ropes, but it was good to see some heel team be heel. Mayu, mm -hmm. need to remember who's heel here. I think Mayu always kind of has that problem when she's in a tag match. She's very much so like, I'm going to do what it takes to make sure my team wins. But you still love me, so it's okay. I still love her. <laughs> right? You can't be mad at her. As Azumi is getting her kicks in, I notice she's targeting the back of the thigh on Arissa. That is some next level shit right there that I can't say I've ever seen before. Yeah, especially since they called out her kicks in the promo leading into the match. Why wouldn't you try to take out her kicks throughout the match? It's perfect planning on their part. As Azumi locks in the figure Yone, Konami goes to manage Mayu a little bit. Arissa manages to get to the ropes and Azumi breaks the hold, but gives her a boot to the hole for her troubles. 
As you should. Azumi tags in Konami, and they both put the feet to the face for a stretching taunt over off in the corner. I had a question for you on this one as well. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Azumi's boot in your face or Konami's bare foot? I don't think it really matters at this point. <laughs> right, but I'm just like, in my mind, both are dirty. Both work on walk on the floor. But for some reason, it just grossed me out that Konami had her bare feet up in her face. I mean, they're both going to step in the same stuff, right? I, I Right? It shouldn't make any sense whatsoever. But I'd rather take the boot than the bare foot. When we get over there, we'll ask. <laughs> <laughs> Konami rolls Arisa out of the corner and into the middle of the ring for some serious kicks to the back. Arisa's trying to mount an offense, and Konami just repays her with some elbows and more serious kicks. It's at this point that I was to highlight that we're only four minutes into the match. Yeah, and they've been beating the hell out of Arisa. I don't think she's got a single offensive move in at this point. Konami tries to suplex Arisa, but she manages to stop it. No problem. Konami will just... Beat her to death with elbows instead. Arisa's able to get the tag into Mayu after she counters Konami, running the ropes with a crossbody kick. But as Mayu is starting to go after Konami, Azumi tries to stop her. This leads into Mayu doing the double top rope bouncing arm drag, and I can't stress enough how much I love this move. Yeah, I would never trust myself to try to hit this move like me doing the move. It's just, how? How do you do this? As Mayu's following up with some drop kicks to the both of them, oh crap. I'm actually picking up on the Japanese words when people talk. The announcer tells us that five minutes have passed. Nice. Ha <laughs> ha! Bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. three quarters of one language, a quarter of another. That still yeah. makes sense. If only y'all heard all the outtakes. <laughs> Konami reverses a whip into the corner and hurls Mayu over. She rushes her, but Mayu dodges slash slips in between the ropes to avoid it and to roll Konami into the schoolgirl. Instead of trying to pin her, Mayu just kicks the shit out of her face. I don't know if you noticed, but the Pygmytron is having problems now. Oh, no, I, I was so caught up in the action in the ring, I didn't even watch for it. Mayu does a spinning gut kick to Konami, and it snaps loud as shit, but I didn't see anybody do the nasty thigh slap or anything. Uh-huh. And I watched this twice in slow motion, too. Oh, shit, no. <laughs> Not me. Beautiful Hurricanrana from Mayu to Konami to send her into the neutral corner. Then Mayu does a little payback for Arisa by dropkicking Konami damn near in the throat. Mayu is also the only person I've ever seen do a dropkick, and it looks like it hurts her more than the person she's kicking. Because she just hits them with such full force that she immediately sack of potatoes to the ground. Yeah, Mayu follows up and goes for a belly-to-back suplex, but Konami rolls it through to get the ankle lock on. Mayu manages to escape it. But Konami sends Mayu time-traveling with a brutal kick to the head. Konami hits a fisherman suplex on Mayu, but instead of holding it in for a pin attempt, she rolls it through to apply leg bar number five. Have you ever seen that before? Not in my life. That was, oh my god, dude. Even Henning would be like, perfect. that was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so good. Arisa comes rushing in to break it up, and Azumi is there nearly just as fast. Arisa is able to get Azumi out of the ring, but you can see Azumi take what may be the worst bump of the night on her as her back smacks into the edge of the ring apron. Yeah. Mayu slowly gets up and joins Arisa in woman-handling Konami, and they get her in the double torque wrench for the tag team pose. I'm referring this because it, it was a double arm bar with the AMA symbol, so from here on out, I will be referring to this as the AMA bar. I see what you did there. Yeah. They break it up and Arisa goes to the outside while guiding Mayu to the corner for a legit tag. Ha ha! 
rules. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed because let's let's talk a little hot button issue that's going on in wrestling at the moment. The back tag is running rampant in the states. So oh, I, I know purpose- I could find another one too about the foot tag. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been purposely watching these matches since we had a couple tag matches tonight. They always go for hand-to-hand tags, the way you're supposed to tag in. Rules are there for a reason. Arisa comes right back in and starts to work over Konami. She locks in the Muta Lock. Thank you again, Crash Boy. Thank you, Crash Boy. And it looks like Konami is doing all the work to make it to the ropes. Yeah, she had to literally drag her half the ring. Mayu gets in for a quick dig on Azumi to prevent the breakup. Arisa gets in a mule kick of her own to Konami, and Azumi flies in to cash the, that receipt to her. Coming off of that, Konami hits a snap suplex, and QQ takes turns kicking poor Arisa. Nice single leg takeover from Konami, and she comes back over to lock in another ankle lock. Mm-hmm. Arisa's trying to get to the ropes, and Konami sees that she's having difficulty holding the lock in, so she straight ragdolls Arisa into a snap suplex. Yeah, I I don't know who these who stardom strength coach is, but that person needs a raise. Konami tries to fly up into the corner and hit a flying kick to the head. Not the best, but at the same time, probably the safest thing I've ever seen in a stardom match. Right. <laughs> After a little bit of chaos, you can see Mayu on the right side of the screen turning on the chainsaw, and then she just kicks the shit out of Konami. It's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. And then Arisa tries to punctuate it, but the two of them end up exchanging kicks. Again, you signed up for this, Arisa. Yeah. Konami gets in the tag to Azumi, and she bolts it across the ring to knock Mayu out from Arisa tagging her in. The best part was, Arisa was in the way, and that didn't stop Azumi. <laughs> she just ran on top of her. Yeah. Do what you gotta do. Arisa and Azumi are getting into it, and Arisa kicks Azumi straight onto her ass as she's coming off the ropes. Azumi does three schoolgirl roll-ups in a row, and each of them were done differently. Yeah, she's learned from the best. Arisa jaw jacks Azumi with her stutter kick. Damn, I'm happy to see that come back. Oh, it's so good. Arisa charges Azumi from the opposite corner and just tackles her over. Konami barely gets in for the save, and Mayu sends her outside with another chainsaw kick. Mayu tells Arisa to go up top, and Arisa looks like her equilibrium is legitimately messed up here. And she hits the stutter kick from the top rope. Yeah, it was really nice. Mayu then follows with the high-rise frog splash for Alyssa to come in and get the pin. Nope. Mayu dumped out of the ring looking for Konami, but went the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) She should have known where she was. Mayu was the one to bury the body over there. (laughs) She she got distracted. But this allows Arisa to hit the most beautiful stutter kick in the middle of the ring to Azumi for the actual three in 1401 for an amazing... 13 star match yeah this is if for a return match man they told a story it was all just beautiful this match was well paced it was fast and easy going all at the same time there were a lot of serious moves and some chain wrestling going on but in 14 minutes all four of these ladies made it worth every second without being in there too much or too little with the same amount going on at any given point this particular match is one that needs to be studied for pacing, delivery, and crowd involvement. And while the moves were all hard-hitting, most everything in this match was pretty basic if you were to look at the moveset. But these ladies are so proficient with their wrestling that they can make reading the phone book in the middle of the ring appear to be a five-star match. It's good to see Arisa back and with the stars full-time now, too. Yeah, and you get a stardom staple here where it really didn't matter who won or lost the match. 
all four people came out of this looking super strong. So Rissa's been away for a while, right? Yeah. You think maybe all that time away was spent trying to perfect her stutter kick? Uh, either that or starting her singing career. What else is this stutter kick called? The Brazilian kick. You think maybe she went to Brazil to study the stutter kick more? went on a quest so as the match ends we then get a post-match promo where uh, rissa gets the microphone and i've returned thank you i'm happy to team with mayu and i'm glad that we won azumi and konami kick great and i'm in a lot of pain but i hit him back just as hard and i'll try my hardest to get even better as we go forward and since we won this match i feel comfortable asking mayu to allow me to join stars so Mayu gets the microphone, does her patented scream the name of the arena and say hello and works the crowd a little bit before saying, you're back, but you weren't as good as when you left. So you're going to have to do better. But I'm down with you joining stars. We just have to find out how Tam feels about it. Tam gets the microphone and says, no, you can't join. You only won because of Mayu. They get in a little bit of argument back and forth, and Tam says, See, how can you join when you're being so disrespectful? So Arissa bows down in the middle of the ring and says, Tam, please let me join. Tam says, No. Mayu gets back on the microphone to kind of put an end to the argument and says, How about we let the customers decide? Everybody that wants Arissa to join stars, raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. But before allowing anybody to actually raise their hand, she says, hey, it looks like the crowd says yes, you're in. We'll talk to Tam backstage about it. Congratulations and welcome back. So we have Arissa officially joining Stars on her return match. It's been a hell of an afternoon for these fans, and we finally made it to the main event. It's the long-awaited Goddess of Stardom title shot for Momo and Itami from their victory at the Goddess of Stardom tournament. And they face off against the current champions of Jungle Kiona and Netsuko. Matt, lead us into this rightful main event. So we start off with a promo package from Momo and Itami, with Itami saying, Today we challenge for the belts. I debuted three months ago, and with Momo, I'm sure we're going to win these titles. Momo says, Yep, we're going to the record books. We're going to win. Then we get the Jan intros. They do their typical, I'm the warrior queen of this, I'll mow you down, blah, 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 Jan intros. Spicy, spicy. Jan then says, We are the 14th goddesses of stardom champions, and this is our first title defense. We've been off for the past two weeks, and I've been super nervous. We're fighting Utami, and she wants our belts, and she's used to winning. But not today, because today I want to win too. Isn't that right, Natsuko? Natsuko has a little bit of a weird stutter here where she's like, yep. Then obviously Jungle wants her to say more, so she says, we'll use teamwork to beat you. And that's the end of the weird promo. Yes, this promo was all over the place, and I have a challenge for our audience here. I used a stopwatch to capture how fast Jungle was talking. In the comments, tell me how many words per minute do you think Jungle can do? <laughs> I think this is the first show we've seen where they use the backstage music and build up, and I love it.
Yeah, I really like that. You see the challengers getting ready, putting their masks on, getting ready to come out, while you also have the people on the ring getting ready with the, the flowers and the trophies, and it just it looks really cool. Uh, you can tell these two are taking it very seriously, and it's about to be a barn burner. Yeah. It's the little things, but I'm happy to see that both teams are kept separate on the camera. I know that the backstage area is a bit crowded, and Stardom mm-hmm. goes the extra mile to ensure the highest levels of kayfabe here. Yeah, they do a really good job. Like I said, you see them backstage, but even though you, in your brain, you know they have to be in the same area, the way it's filmed, it doesn't look like they're in the same area. Jan does not do their usual walk around the ring as they are ready to get this started. We get a well-deserved match opening with flower presentation included. As they're passing everything out, Old Ref has taken his rightful place as head official for the night. Once the surplus of streamers are out of the way, Old Ref starts it off and we have Momo and Natsuko in the ring. Yeah, I really like at the beginning of this, when they go to do the handshake, Jan kind of looks like they're going out there for the handshake. Utami goes to get the handshake, but Momo pulls her back and won't let her do it. I wonder what this could be. Collar and elbow lock up into some wrist lock reversals and then some trading of leg and headlocks. It may be considered slow to the usual American fan, but these two are not missing a single beat, and you'd think they were amateur wrestling prior to this. Yeah. The standoff leads into tag outs, but Natsuko turned her back too early, and Utami joined Momo for the beatdown. This is legit my favorite moment of the night. I think Stardom kind of has a tendency to do this whole stalemate with one group of fighters, and then you tag out and you get the second stalemate with the second set of fighters until one of them gets that upper hand. They tease that here with Natsuko going to tag Jungle, and it looks like Momo is going to do the same with Utami, but instead Utami jumps in the ring and they blindside Natsuko to give Momo the upper hand. It was just really well done. When she is finally ready to get tagged, she gets Natsuko in the corner for Utami to help out put the boots to her. Mm Mm-hmm. Old Ref does this count, and they break it up prior to five. Now it's Utami's turn to take it to Natsuko. Nice scoop slam in the middle of the ring, followed by her locking in the Osaka Crab. I like how Utami made sure that she was facing Jungle to taunt her. Yeah. As Jungle is about to get in, Momo is in to kick her ass out. Natsuko finally makes it to the ropes, and Utami breaks the crab. But she still has the upper hand with some elbows until she runs the ropes, and Natsuko chases her to issue a nice drop kick. While Utami is getting up, Natsuko gets in the hot tag to Jungle, and Jungle Mania runs wild. I do have to say this is probably my least favorite part of the match. I think since the tournament, they've been hinting at this whole Jungle versus Utami, like who's actually more badass. I don't think Natsuko should have knocked Utami down before getting the tag into Jan. You need this whole irresistible force meets the immovable object so that you didn't really get that here because Natsuko was able to knock Utami down first. So I I wish they would have booked that a little bit better. I will say that out of this, you could tell that Jungle is a very stout lady. Yeah. Jungle gets Utami in the corner and hits a nice splash. But as she goes for it again, Momo flies in with a dropkick. Natsuko is trying to get Old Ref to break it up, but the QQ team is setting Jungle up for a suplex. But Jungle ain't having it, and suplexes the both of them. With ease. It's still impressive every time I see it. Yeah. And it gets a rightful round of applause. Jungle hits a snap mare to Utami and puts her in a double arm back pull. 
Utami is trying to get out, and Jungle turns it into a surfboard until she's had enough and hits a dropkick to the head. Jungle picks up Utami in a headlock and stares at Momo while she drags Utami to get the tag into Natsuko. Even if you didn't know the story going into this, you'd know that this is right up there with the blood feud for these two teams at the moment. Oh yeah, you know what's going on now. Jungle still has Utami in the headlock, and Natsuko goes up to hit a double axe handle across the back as Jungle leaves the ring. Natsuko hits a nice reverse Russian leg sweep to Utami, and then locks in the torque wrench, while still laying on the mat. Yeah, I... Yeah. All right, all right, sure, you do you. Yeah. <laughs> Utami finally makes it to the ropes, so Natsuko puts the boots to her before tagging out. Jungle comes in and starts pounding on Utami like she owes her money. Utami tries to lay in some elbows, but Jungle is just taunting her. Yeah, she's she, telling her, elbow me in the neck. She keeps pointing her neck, do it, do it. I wouldn't be doing that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that crazy looking lady's telling me to punch her in the neck. I'm walking the other way. And I hope... For your sake and my sake both, that if I'm ever in the ring with one of them ladies doing that, you're on the outside going, you want to die. <laughs> you're getting what you deserve. I don't know that, man. <laughs> stranger danger. Stranger danger. <laughs> she runs the ropes and Jungle lays her ass out and then clotheslines her in the bottom rope. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the head's still attached. She runs over to tag in Natsuko and goes to ensure Momo is occupied while Natsuko hits a scoop slam. Natsuko and Jungle hit separate body slashes onto Utami and then do the double one together. Utami catches Natsuko in an arm drag off the ropes and hits a side Russian leg sweep so she can get a tag into Momo. Momo comes in and straight away goes for the top rope dropkick. She starts to go for it again, but Jungle comes over to try and stop her. Momo gets her boot up, and we go into multiple Irish whiffs until she gets Jungle stacked up onto Natsuko in the corner. She capitalizes by hitting Jungle in the corner. Jungle falls out from it, and Natsuko drops down to her ass while Momo sets up again. This time, she plows into Natsuko into the corner. Natsuko tries to break away from Momo's offense, but it turns into trading blows in the middle of the ring. Natsuko finally gets the upper hand when she hits a flying knee to Momo's chest. Jungle comes in, and they go to trade blows again until Momo hits a nice belly-to-belly -belly and then into the headlock. How underrated is Momo? Oh, I know. This belly-to-belly -belly suplex was one of the best-looking things I've seen all night. One of the best. It is such a simple move, but she did it so cleanly, and I feel like sometimes she gets lost because there's so many good wrestlers in stardom, but I, I could watch her all day. Jungle is slowly inching her way to the ropes and barely touches them, but Old Ref won't break it up until she's firmly in reach. Yeah, I think we've talked about that before, about how they won't let you just touch the rope with the tips of your toes. He actually reaches down and, like, yells at her, you gotta get, you gotta get to ankle, you gotta get to ankle, and points at his own ankle and stuff. So I think it's the first time I've seen him say it in a match, but we've always seen that it was implied. I, again, rules. Follow the rules. He's enforcing the rules. Good on them. Momo and Utami set up for the spiked peach sunrise, but Jungle rolls out of it and sets her up for a back head kick from Natsuko. Yeah, this is my second. I guess I don't, I don't want to say I'm disappointed, but come on, Utami. If you see the person you're supposed to be taking out, get taken out, get down. Utami is still up top trying to figure something out, and Jan come over and just jaw slap her together. I don't know yes. how else to put that. She shouldn't have stayed up there, man. Followed by a double-team snapmare off the top into the middle of the ring. With the crowd behind them, they charge together to hit Utami in the corner. Jed get Utami up in the slightly delayed vertical suplex and land it perfectly. 
laying there for the opening, Jan go up top and try to hit their splashes. Natsuko jumps and misses because Utami rolled out of the way and Momo bolts it up to the top to suplex Jungle off. And see, that's how you do this spot correctly. Momo was over there so quickly that Jungle wouldn't have had time to react and get down and not get hit while on the top rope. This time, Utami goes up top as Momo sets up for the spiked Pete sunrise again and they hit it. But instead of a pin, Utami goes for a headlock? A sleeper. Okay. As Jungle is getting closer to the ropes, Utami just muscles her into a flip while she still has the headlock on. Jesus, the strength on this lady. Yeah, this should have been the end of the match. Out of the headlock, and Utami has Jungle up for the torture rack. But, Nat- <laughs> <laughs> but Natsuko finally breaks away from Momo and is able to get in to break it up. But Momo is not far behind her, and she just ragdolls Natsuko out of the ring. Utami's trying to use this to get back on Jungle and comes off the ropes for what looks like a hurricanrana. But Jungle turns it into a powerbomb into the middle of the ring. As she's trying to pin Utami, Hello darkness, my old friend. Jungle sees her life flash right before her eyes. Natsuko and Momo are going at it as Jungle and Utami take a breather. Until Natsuko spears the shit out of Momo. Everyone is down and Old Ref is flying faster than anyone across the ring to check on everybody. Yeah, he's like skating around, sliding in like he's trying to steal home, man. Jungle and Utami are slow to get up, but they found each other and are fighting their way back up. They're going back and forth slowly, and they have the crowd eaten out of the palm of their hands here. Utami goes for another elbow, but Jungle catches her arm and lariats the shit out of her. I, I mean, no. No. And then lariats her again out of the corner. For the love of God, no. And then again, knocking her down to the mat. Why do you hate women so much, Jungle? Why do you hate them? Utami finally gets up and has Jungle in a lock for a suplex. But both ladies are gassed and start reversing each other. Momo tries to assist Utami, but accidentally nails her in the head with a kick as Jungle ducks. As Momo is checking on Utami, Natsuko catches them both with the spear. Natsuko and Jungle are up, and they hit stereo scoop slams to Utami and Momo. Then they both go up top and hit the stereo top rope splashes on the mat. Somehow, Utami kicks out. Jungle is distraught. Are we sure that Utami's not a zombie at this point? She's surely dead, right? We're going to have to get with the men in the lab on this one. (laughs) Mayu's a Viking. Utami's a zombie. And Arisa was trained by Brazilian tribes. (laughs) (laughs) We're figuring out the backstory here, folks. We got it for you. It's exclusive. Jungle tries to gut wrench Utami up, but Utami breaks away and slaps the ever-loving shit out of Jungle. Jungle returns the favor by chasing Utami into the ropes and hitting a lariat. It's at this point we find out Utami's not a zombie because zombies die from headshots. Natsuko is Johnny on the spot with catching Utami into a spinning rock bottom. What is this? Yes. All right. We've seen her do it before, and I would love to know the name of this. Ah, it was kind of a fallaway slam setup into a rock bottom. This time, Jungle does gut wrench Utami up into a powerbomb. Momo breaks it up. Jungle is beyond frustrated now. Yeah, I got Jungle power bombs and the emphasis on the power, man. She just straight deadlifts her off the ground into this just spike power bomb, man. It was beautiful. Natsuko tries to help, but Momo catches her with the flying knees off the second turnbuckle. 
and then Jungle and Momo try to assassinate each other until Momo catches Jungle in a double underhook German suplex for Tommy to come in and gut-wrench Jungle into her own German suplex. And Jungle kicks out at the stardom 2 and 99 100s. Yeah, this German was just like the powerbomb. It was all Utami, man. I think she even carried Jungle around a little bit before actually hitting the move. But finally, finally Utami gets Jungle in what looks like the torture rack, but turns it into a full 360 spinning powerbomb for the three in 2009, making Momo and Utami the 15th goddess of stardom champions. Holy shit. I have to ask again, have you ever seen a torture rack spinning spike powerbomb before? Luger wishes he could do this. He needs to learn. Go back in time, or come forward in time, learn this, and finally beat Yoko. <laughs> I mean, not with this move. Not with this move. No, no, with that move. <laughs> with this move? Uh, I want to see this. Um, lab, put it in the lab. Utami and Momo hug it out in the ring. These ladies are gassed. The crowd is gassed. And I am gassed. Not old ref, though. He's good. No, he's good. <laughs> Japanese Jack Tunney comes in and presents the belts to the new champions and their trophy. And old ref, doing what he does best, gets the new champions straight for the photos. Take it away, Matt. So, yeah, after the belts and the new champions get the love that they deserve, I, I think all companies need to take a lesson here. This is how you present your new champions. Love it. We get a promo from Momo who calls for a mic and says, we're the new champs. Utami, you're a fucking beast. Say some words. I might be paraphrasing a little bit. Utami says, I've been here for three months and I have a belt and I'm glad it was with Momo. Jungle, we beat you tonight in a tag match, but let's do this again in a singles match. Side note, I couldn't agree more. I want to see these two girls go in a single match. And I'll watch this match five times in a row, and I won't care. Well, have I got some good news for you. Not next show, but it's coming. Yes. Jungle responds with, this is not the end, but we want those tag belts back. Right, Natsuko? We want to do it again. Natsuko gets a mic and says, Jungle, I followed behind you every step. But from here on out, I'm a singles wrestler. And you should also be a singles wrestler and chase your dream. So we get a little bit of a breakup. Big things coming. In the future. Ooh. Uh, then we go back to Tommy who says, thanks for the support. I'm a champ now, so I've earned the right to say this. I want to join Queen's Quest. Momo says, of course. I'm down with that. But first we have to ask the leader, Azumi. Azumi gets the microphone and says, I'm the commander. I didn't know this was a thing. Is, is Azumi in charge of Q's Q? Are you going to argue with her? Fair enough. Exactly. Says, and- <laughs> She says, I'm the commander, and it's because I'm commander that you guys won tonight. But I'm not going to decide. I'm going to let the fans decide. We actually get a loud response from the crowd this time. Azumi says, there you have it. Welcome to Queen's Quest. Utami then says, from now on, I'm QQ, so let's end this night QQ style. So Azumi and Momo take a couple seconds to show her how to actually do that. One thing that I'd like to add is that Jungle and Natsuko waited to start their little storyline. Mm-hmm. Until after Utami and Momo had a proper chance to celebrate in the ring. Yeah, you give their moment, then you can get that, the not feud, but you can further whatever's going on in um, Jan. And then you get to go back to the feel-good moment of Utami finally joining QQ. This match was amazing, and it makes it very difficult for me to pick match of the night. <laughs> so, yeah, at the end of the Odeo Tai versus Mary and Hana match, 
I was like, nothing's going to beat this. This is going to be match of the night. They didn't do a lot of like, oh my God moments, but it was so hard hitting and it told a good story that I thought it was going to be hard to beat. Well, then Mayu and Arissa took on QQ and it was like, well, shit, this is the match of the night. And then this match happened. I, I don't know. I, I have to give it to the main event. I think they ordered it right. And because they deemed it the match of the night, I'm giving QQ versus Jan match of the night. The card overall was great. We're starting to get some single matches, but we're still on the march to the end of the year climax show. Normally, if this were a show being held in the States by stateside promotion, I would be cautious about going to an event that had so many tag matches on it. Mm -hmm. We grew up in a time where house shows were notorious for this to protect wrestlers going to TV or Mm pay-per-views. And often match quality would suffer with this many tag matches on a show over here. But if there's one thing that stardom has shown us, it's that even the tag matches, you're still going to get your one-on-one matchup and the match quality will not suffer. Yeah, none of these people are in these matches so that the other person can cover for them. Everybody in the match is going full out on each other, to each other, against each other. It's holy shit. One thing that really stuck out tonight was the ring. You brought up in a previous episode that the ring over at Hakata Starlanes was a bit bouncier, kind of like uh-huh. an old-style southern bumping ring. Yeah. But this ring here seems tough as shit and to be the exact opposite of what we've seen and is very unforgiving. It also has a really good sound when you land that that move properly. It's a good ring. I'm hoping that sometime in the near future, Stardom can be a little bit more consistent on the rings and such. Mm-hmm. It's not because I want them to spend a shit ton of money, but more for the consistency aspect and making sure that the wrestlers have familiarity every night that they go in there. Yeah. Even though we went over a lot during these matches, we still left out a good bit. Not because we're trying to tease you, but to kind of hit the highlights and still be entertaining for you as well. As always, we would like to recommend to our viewers slash listeners to go over and spend the 920 yen a month at stardom-world.com. As much as we could do to hype these matches and provide some English commentary, watching the match by itself is even better. Yeah, I definitely agree with that 100%. So we we heard my match of the night. What's your match of the night? I'm going to have to go with AMA versus QQ. I can see that. We get to see the return of Arissa and the AMA tag team put back together again, and that will be pivotal going off into the future from here on out. That's a fair point. And with the match of the night out of the way, we go to the ever-coveted Hill of the Week. This week, I actually have a tie because we had a lot of tag team matches. I actually have to give it to Hana and Mary, who managed to out-heal Odeo tie and make them faces for once. Good on you, girls. Walda, who's your Hill of the Night? Flair. Just for reasons. Cause that's it for me, Waldo. And I'm the Matt. And Dr. Bride here at the Face for Wrestling Podcast. Check out our episodes on YouTube and in audio format on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can follow us on the Twitter at Face for Wrestling and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Face for Wrestling. Our stardom episodes drop every month on the 9th, as usual, with our audio episodes covering NWA Power on the 24th. Thanks for watching, and remember, we're saving wrestling. One mullet at a time.